0: Welcome to Talmud Tidbits. It's an honor to have you here. I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Tropper, and my goal is to share inspiring, uplifting, and beautiful ideas as we go through Shas together, Ezra HaShem, and become more proficient in the beauty and the wisdom of Chazal that will greatly enhance our Hodes HaShem and our lives. Hey, thanks for joining me, everyone. We're in Brachos Vav, and we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to try to look at uh, the next five blot at a time. And uh, I hope you're enjoying Dafyomi. I want to start off um, with one quick story, which is very famous in the Dafyomi circles. But I think it's worth sharing as well, because I didn't get to uh, quote it last time. And that is that um, the founder of Dafyomi, who is given credit, um, which is Romero Shapiro. So when he came to the Kinesia Agdola in 1923, he had spoken ahead of time to the Chafetz Chaim. And remember, he was only 36 years old at the time. He was a young man. And he, Chavitz Chaim told him that I appreciate you checking in with me, and I very much endorse this idea. I think it will be great for Klai Yisrael. And remember, you know, when you start something big, you need to get to them to back you. And Chavitz Chaim was a Gadol Adar. Um, he was, um, Chavitz Chaim at, at his time, w- was in his last 10 years of his life. He, he died in 1936, uh, so this was 23. So he was in the last uh, 13 years of his life. There's actually a dispute how old Chafetz Chaim was when he died, because some people say he was 96, but there's a lot of other people that say that he was 106. But anyway, uh, suffice it to say, he, he was definitely the, uh, the Kohen Hagadol and Zakein of a time. And so um, Rev, um, or Mayor Shapiro, said to him, I have an idea, why don't you introduce it, why don't you tell everyone about it? And he said, no, it's not the way we're going to do it. He said, we're gonna, this, this is what we're going to do. I want you to come late to the Knesset meeting, and I'll already be there, and everyone will already be seated, and when you walk in, I'm going to stand up for you, and when people see that I give you that honor, they're going to listen when you talk. So, Romero Shapiro was very hesitant to do it; He didn't want the honor, but the Chafetz Chaim told him, so that's what you do, you follow. And that's exactly what happened. Everyone sat down, they settled in, they gave their introductory remarks, and Romero Shapiro walked in late. The Chavitz Chaim stood up for him. Everyone in the room saw the Chafetz Chaim was giving him this respect, and so everyone else stood up for him. He was a tremendous Eli, a tremendous HaMul Everyone stood up for him, and, and that is what helped uh, bring his speech into people's ears and of course after he spoke and recommended Daf the Chafetz Chaim also got up and spoke and said that I am jealous of him because of what he accomplished and the truth is like I mentioned last week that the greatest accomplishments come when we uh, do things on a regular basis and that's one of the greatest benefits of Daf it's a mechaev m- it demands that you need to dedicate time every single week you don't want to fall behind and you want to stay on top of it so let's share a couple of ha'aras that I think will be very very helpful and inspirational the Gemara in Brachos da Aleph talks about Hashem's tefillin that he wears, And Of course, the Rashba says this is just a muscle that is teaching us deeper lessons in life, and we'll talk a little bit about that Rashba in a moment in Chedisha HaGadus. And the Gemara says that there's four main messages of the um, tefillin. And the Gemara says that it's Ki Mi Gai Gadol, who's a great nation like the Jewish people. That's the first lesson in life, that Hashem looks at us and says we're so great. And then we have um, who's as great as the Jewish nation and then there's that Hashem um, brings us up in order to elevate us and in order to make us great and finally the to, that, that the purpose of life is that Hashem wants us to be great people and that is what the Tefillin Shal Yad and Tefillin Shal Rosh say and the Chazal uh, tells, like Moran Sanhedrin says that that um, that kaviyachol when the shchina is in pain, so Hashem says, "Kalani mi roshi, kalani mi and My head hurts, and my um, and my forearm hurts. And the uh, Roshba brings down and Rechaim Velashen quotes this in Avish as well. That the pshat is that that Hashem acts mida So it says that um, to do ozel kim, we give power to Hashem is based on mechal. And it says, Lada tateshi." that we weaken Hashem. When we, do, when we learn Torah and mitzvot, we give Hashem power, Kaviachol, to do good to us. And when we don't, then we weaken Hashem's power, so to speak. And so that's the pshat, that when Hashem says that my head is hurting and my uh, arm is hurting, that means that we're not connecting to Hashem through a tfilin we're not do, doing our shmiras and mitzvos. so we are therefore, Kaviachol, weakening Hashem. And so we see the beauty of life that when a person serves Hashem with his vigor and his strength, this helps accomplish great things. The Gemara and Brachas Duff um, says a couple of interesting things about the reward you get for different things. So one of them is igra de pirka riata. the reward of going to a, a, a speech is, is the running there. And um, the, the um, Rashi brings down that um, people that run to go hear drasha from the Chacham, the main thing they get is the reward for running because most of them don't understand what they did. So what do we see? We see that the enthusiasm that we invest in a mitzvah is something that Hashem looks at and that we get the greatest reward for. There's another thing that, that the Gemara says, which is igra de spada de lui. The benefit of going to a Hespid is Delui. Now, what does that mean? So Rashi says that it's the benefit is people that raise their voice because they cry and they inspire others. But there's other Mepharsham that say a very fascinating thing, which is de lui means what you pull with you, that when the mace dies, his, his midos and his qualities are hefker. And when a person has the opportunity to grab them by going to that funeral, And by being there, um, so that is what they actually could take home with them. It's a fascinating thing. The Gemara in Brachos Daf Vav also says that Rav Nachman Yitzchak says that if a person is Mesamech Chas it's as if they built Achas Ki Bana Achas Mechovras Yerushalayim, and and then quotes you restored the nation you restored the uh, the land so it's fascinating because um, the Rav Palm brings us down in, in ataras in atara atara L'malich, that uh, he brings down that um, the Mepharshim say that achas means the most important. Uh, um edifice in Yerushalayim, which is, it's as if you built the base of Megash. Now, why? What's shot that if you're misameh Chassan and kala, it's like you rebuilt it? Because what is Chassan and kala? They are a microcosm of bringing down the shechina and the simcha that they bring brings out Torah and Yerushalayim in their household, and so that's how you rebuild the base of Megash through your Torah and through Yerushalayim. That's what it's all about. Going on to Dav Zion and Aleph, the Gemara says at the beginning of the top of the page, How do I know that Hashem Davins? So, what does that mean, that Hashem Davins? So, we have to ask ourselves, what does it mean that we Davin? Um, so, one of the greatest things the Mabit says is that the purpose of Tefillah is not to tell Hashem what, what we need. We know Hashem knows exactly what we need. It's to tell us that we need Hashem. And so, Tefillah is a longing, and it means a longing towards bringing out Shleimus. And so when we daven, we're longing towards Hashem. And when Hashem davens, he's longing towards us. And that's what it's all about. Hashem is longing towards us, that he wants us to be able to be the greatest people we could be, which is exactly, in the context of this Gemara, why Rabbi Shmuel ben Elisha says, when I went into to uh, bring the Ketorahs, the, the fly of the on Yom Kippur, and, and Hashem said, bless me, that's what I gave him the bracha, that, he, that Hashem's rachamim should spill over, and he should uh, treat us with midas ha-rachamim, because that's what Hashem wants. He's longing for us. Uh, Tosis brings down a very famous thing that um, if it says that Bilam knew the exact split second that Hashem was coes and he would curse the Jews then. So Tosis brings down that um, that ha- how could he curse them if Hashem was only angry for a millisecond and there's not a nanosecond, there's not enough time for him to curse them. So he says he could say the words killing, destroy them. So um, or another shot that he says is that um, as soon that once you start saying it at the exact time that Hashem gets angry, then you could finish it. So it's funny not funny, but it's interesting. There's two R's. First of all, kilayim means destroy them, and it's brought down for aftzadik that kilayim means that their kavayid, their gashmias, their their passion should rule them, and that should tell their lave what to do, which should in turn tell their moach what to do, their brain. So meaning they're subject to uh, being physical people. But by he be sure and melech, the the um, antidote to kilayim is the exact opposite, which we say in Parsha's Balak, which is um, melech, which is that your moach should be in charge, and then that tells your lave what to do, and then that tells your kavid what to do. That's melech. So that's what a melech is. It doesn't pull you down. So that's a fascinating art in itself. But there's another thing, which is from the Archa Shulchan. The Archa Shulchan says from this tosis a very fascinating halacha, which is that if you start Davening before this mon and then it ends up being this mon and now it's too late, so to speak, it doesn't matter. Since you started at the right time, you continue. And that's what we learn from Bill. I'm just like koach HaRa, he would start cursing the Jews, and that would count, so to speak, um, and prolong the, the kas of Hashem. So too, when it comes to Tfilah, we have the opportunity to daven to Hashem, and if we start, then we can continue, and that's the halacha. That's what, that's what the Archa Shulchan brings down from, is the halacha. Moving on. It says, So, um, it's a fascinating thing, because Hashem, Moshe was asking Hashem, why, why do... Bad things happen to good people. But that's not what it says. If you read it carefully, it says, why is there a tzaddik vitovlo? That's a good thing. So why is he asking about that? And why is there a tzaddik viralo? So the Ramchal explains a very brilliant thing here. Ramchal explains in Das Funas that Moshe's question wasn't why do bad things happen to good people. It's very simple. It's to perfect them. But Moshe was asking, why, Hashem, wh- how do you decide when a tzaddik gets perfection and has bad things happen to him, so to speak, that are to perfect him? And sometimes a tzaddik doesn't have that punishment in this world. How is your anhaga work? That's why the Gemara says here, why is there a tzaddik Vitovla? Why, why does some tzaddik him have good, but then you have some, the h'saddik Ralo? That was the exact question. It was, I understand the reason for it, but how does it work? There's a fascinating Gemara a little further down that um, Hashem says to Moshe, when, when I wanted to show myself to you, you didn't want to look. And now you want, so I don't want. Now you want to see me and I don't want to see. So meaning that by the snet, Moshe turned away his face. And um, and so Hashem said, that I was trying to reveal myself to you and you didn't want. It. And now um, you're asking to see my honor and I'm saying, no, I don't. Now Hashem says, I don't want. So what's going on? Moshe, obviously Moshe um, turned away for a good reason. But the shot is that every moment of a person's life, they have to be ready to see Hashem. And so there is a slight hakpada against Moshe that at that moment, you weren't ready to look. Even though the Sfarim bring down that Moshe was machaper and hevel because he was really hevel and he had to turn away. There's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's many levels here. But whatever it is, there was a small taina on Moshe that Hashem was saying that you weren't ready to see me. And so this isn't just a convenience that whenever you're ready, that's when I come. And by the way, just a proof for the pshat of the ramchal is in Rashi. Rashi is a brilliant thing there. Lo <speaking in Hebrew> I want to know your ways. midas <speaking> Mishpatov. <in Hebrew> how do you work? <speaking in Hebrew> so that, that's exactly what the, what, what the ramchal is saying. That how does anhaga work? Sorry, I know it's a little out of order, but wanted to go back there. Going on to brachas Zion, some interesting Rs as well. The Gemara says that there was, uh, from a time that Hashem created the world, there was no one that ever, Shehodele Baruch, who thanked Hashem until Leah came and said, thank you. A pam oda es Hashem. So Mafarshem asked that many people had thanked Hashem until now. So what's what's the pshat? But the uh, Mefarshim explained, um, the bear uh, Moshe has a shtickle on this, and there's, uh, it might even be simple pshat, but it's worth saying, though, is that what's the pshat in Leah? That why, why was she saying when she had Yehuda, now I'm going to thank Hashem? Rashi brings down, because now I have more than what I expected. Meaning that Leah made a calculation. The most were in a vios, and they knew that Yaakov was going to have twelve children. So there's four wives: Rachel, Leah, Bilha, Zilpa. So she figured each one would have three. So meanwhile, she had Ruben Shimon, and Levi. She thought, okay, this is these are my three. But now she has Yehuda, and so from that place, that's how she thanked Hashem. She thanked Hashem sincerely, without saying, "I deserve it." She thanked Hashem wholeheartedly, saying. Look, Hashem, look what you gave me. You gave me more than what I even expected. And that's the real way to thank Hashem. So that's the shot in Leah that she taught us that the way you thank Hashem, palm Hashem, is that you thank Hashem as if you weren't expecting anything from Him and as if He doesn't owe you anything. That's a true thanking. Beautiful thing. Chazal say also that she named him her first son, Ruvain. And Rebbe explains that Leah said, Re-u ma ben bini le ben chami. Look at the difference between my son and my father-in-law's son. Um, and um, she was comparing her son, Ruben, to uh, Aesov. Look at the difference between the two. Why? Now, the Gormor explains something interesting. So you would have thought that, you know, one's at tzaddik, one's are Russia. That's what she was comparing. But no. Look, my son um, is sad to lose the Bukhara, but um, look what happened. Aesov sells his Bukhara to, to Yaakov, and then he wants to kill him. But um, my son... He didn't. He didn't um, want to sell his Bechorah to Yosef, but Yaakov transferred it. And not only that, but um, uh, Yosef, um, when he was thrown into the pit, uh, Reuven R- R- was the one that tried to save him. So look at the difference. So it's very fascinating because obviously she was in Avia, but none of this had even happened yet. But that's why Rashi says that this is. He explains the Smicha Sagamara that the later later on Gemara is going to be uh, Al-Shema Asid. It's for the future, Karish Shmok. And I'm reading the come on, Shema Garim, that your name causes something. This is a phenomenal thing. The Gemara says that your name causes. causes. What does that mean? That means that every person has a certain innate nature. But when parents give them that name and they nurture that, that quality, that brings out that thing in that person. And so we have to be really careful when we call our children sadical and good names that we are inspiring them to become great people. Um... Gemara says, R- Rav Yochanan says, in the name of Rav Shimon Kasha Magog. We learn from uh, David's distress from Avshalom, his rebellious son, that the pain of a child off a derach in a person's house is worse than the Mohamas Goga Magog. What does that mean? What's Pshat? Goga Magog is the apocalypse. It's a horribly painful thing. But the Pshat is that that this is where we feel it the most because our responsibility is Anochi Yubese Yavdu Hashem And so, of course, maybe there's great destruction, and and maybe to Hashem it's an epic battle. And, of course, um, it's a scary battle. But when it comes to our responsibility towards our family, that's the ultimate greatness is the building of a Jewish home, and the ultimate tragedy and destruction and pain is, Rahman al-Azlan, when the Jewish home is not being developed properly. The Gemara talks about that um, why did David sing a Shira, uh, it should say, Kinola, David, he should sing, he should sing a, uh, it's, a it's a tragedy that his son is rebelling against him. And the Gemara says that there was a certain amount of relief that David had because he knew that someone was going to rebel against him. And now he saw, okay, at least it's a family member, so maybe it won't be as bad. Although the truth is, we know that sometimes family feuds are even worse. Ricky Weger brings down on the side from a Zohar, a very interesting thing. He says, see, look at the Zohar parts about Yetze, that um, there it says that David, um, was happy, so to speak, not happy, but David was relieved that the rebona Shalom gave him his pain in this world. And that's a shot. That's why he was singing a Shira. because he says, Reboni Shalom, whatever you're bringing my way, I know that it's for the right reasons, and I know that you want to make sure that I get my punishment in this world so that I will be perfected for the next world. And again, we see the important lesson in life that we're always thinking about the future world, and we're always thinking about Olam um, Haba. And of course, Hashem wants us to enjoy this world, and that's part of how we're successful in this world by singing thank you to Hashem and by asking for opportunities don't test us Hashem but give us opportunities to learn your Torah and to be the greatest of the Hashem possible but the attitude and perspective is and but we recognize that if Hashem does send us a challenge it's for our best benefit I always get a kick out of Tosis on Zion with um, He's he has a whole calculation about when the Brisbane of Basarim took place and he has a kasha in the Gemara that the Gemara seems to quote a pasuk that's out of order, but he explains chronologically that it is in order. But one of the things that, that um, he says is that um, he, he quotes Rashi, and he says that um, that this pasuk Achar Dvar the Gemara is quoting, it had to happen after Muhammad Hamalachim because Rashi says it in Khumish. So I always laugh because here, you know, to, to one of Tosis's top three goals is to clarify and to, and to dispute Rashi if needed. Throughout Shas. But yet, you know, he quotes Rashi and Chumash as if well, Rashi says it, so there's no way to argue with it. Although a lot of the Mufarshim answer up for Rashi and answer up many of the calculations that he makes in that Tosis that um that because of the problems, people argue with Rashi and pe- people argue with other parts that he brings down. But I always get a laugh when I see that TOSis. Uh moving on to Afghes Medalf, the Gemara says that um they said to Rav Yochanan, who had moved to Eretz Yisrael, that there's old people who in Babel who, who are uh, living to an old age. So he said, how could that be? The Pasuk says, yimechim yimechim ala that people have long life in, in Eretz Yisrael only. How, not in Chutzlaretz. So they said to him, well, these people, they get up early, and they stay late in the base base Medrash. So he said, oh, okay, fine, perfect. So what's the Pshat? That the Pshat is that that is Allah Dhamma, that wherever you live, if you bring Hashem the Shrina there then that is you are are bringing Eretz Yisrael to you and that's our goal in life that we want to we always want to live our life connected to Hashem the Gemara says further on that um, we should daven for something for the future that we should always have it. And one opinion says, um, Marzutra says, uh, that we should daven for it in the future, that we should have it. You should always have a bathroom ready. And in Eretz they say, that that which Marzutra says, that it's a bathroom, that that's what the Pusik is referring to, meaning there's other Mepharsim that say that it refers to having a good death or finding a wife when it's time to get married. Marzutra says, Marzutra, Marzutra is the best. So the girl explains in Imre Noam and a few other places that What's a restroom? A restroom is a place where a person defecates and pushes out the negativity in his body. So, so to a spiritual restroom, you should always daven to Hashem that please, Rebbe Hashem, give me the power, give me the strength to push away all negativity from me, so I could serve you and not be bogged down by negativity. And that's why they say in Eretz Yisrael that that's the best thing, because that's our goal in life is to always make sure that we have a way to expel all excrement and negativity. Um, and that's where Rashi says that you should daven ahead. And it's really important in life. Rashi says, shi, hu, kishi that part of tefillah is davening ahead and saying, Shalom, I know I'm going to need you. And that is really, really important. Um, also, Rashi explains that um, one of the reasons in the simple shot of Beis Akise is that um, the uh, land in Eretz Yisrael was um, not very easily dug. And so therefore, it was really important for them to be able to have restrooms, so there's a physical benefit as well. Um, And finally, the last thing on our pasuk, on our blot, on Davches Medalaf, is, Gemara says that, So, you should always live near your Rebbe, because when you're by your Rebbe, he keeps an eye on you and keeps you in check. So, Rashi Rashi says that... um, Sorry. So before I get to that, so uh, this is Shimon Menger, who was high of Misa to David because he was Mori uh, Bemalchus, and Shlomo's goal, Shlomo's mission in life that David gave him on his deathbed was kill this person. But yet still, when you're around even that type of Rebbe, that still prevents you from doing virus which is a phenomenal thing. The importance of being around a Rebbe is cannot be underestimated. Um, and, and Rashi, so the Gemara there has a steer. Should you live near a Rebbe or not? So Rashi explains like this, that if you listen to a Rebbe to accept his must and you should live near him. But if not, it's better to live away from him and at least you'll be a show gig then and not be amazed. So again, we see the importance of having a Rebbe and keeping yourself in check to do what's right. We are moving on to Doth Test now. Gemara tells us that Hashem said to Moshe, "Da'ber na b'azne'am. And the Gemara says, Ravyanai tells us that "na" is a bakasha. Hashem was saying, Moshe, I beg you, please tell the Jewish people that they should ask for clay kessam and klay zav, because I don't want Avram to have tainis on me. That says that, hey, look, Hashem, you you were, you subjugate subject to them to to gullis, but you um you but you said they were going to go out with uh, with um, lots of beruchus gullis with uh, treasure, and you didn't give it to them. So we see that the Rebun Shalom sh- is teaching us a lesson that we need to keep our word, and when we promise something to someone, we need to give it to them. And even though the, the Rechush Gadol certainly, and like the Mefarshim explained, referred to the Torah, and the fact they became a nation, but since it could be misunderstood that it sounded like there was going to be a physical treasure, so therefore the Ribbon Shalom says, please, I'm begging you, I want to make sure that I can fulfill that promise. We see how much Hashem loves us, we also see how much, once again, Hashem teaches us the importance of honesty and integrity. Finally, on Yudam and Aleph it talks about Chizkiyot uh, got the message from Yishai that you're going to die. And he says, no, nope, I don't want to hear it. He says, get, take your nevuah and get out because it's not too late. I have in a Kabbalah from my father, from my father's household. And Rashi says it was referring to David that he saw the Malach who was going to attack him and kill him. But he never, he didn't stop from davening. And so, the Person should never give up hope. And it specifically from this prophecy and from this conversation that Chizkiah HaMalach says uh, where, where, where uh, Yeshaya says to him that you're going to die because you didn't get married, never had children and Chizkiah says that's because I saw that I was going to have uh, a, a child who would children who would not be righteous and not follow in the ways of the Torah, referring to Ravashka and, and Menasha and so uh, Yeshaya told him, nope it's your job to do what's, what, what's, what you're commanded, and it's Rebunachalm's problem and responsibility to do his part. And so he said, fine, you're right. Give me your daughter. Maybe in her sechus we'll, uh, we'll be able to have a child that will come back. And at the end of the day, Ravashka died of Russia, but uh, his twin brother Menashe ended up doing tshuva at the last minute. And so just like Chizkel's own life, there was a sword on his neck which at the last minute he was spared from so too the exact same thing happened to his son labanim, that Menashe did tshuva the last moment of his life before he was killed and ended up getting spared from that uh, boiling pot even though the Malachim didn't want to allow his tefillahs to come up but Hashem Hashem dug a hole for him and allowed it to come up so you see the Ribbon Shalom was teaching us a lesson that no one should ever say, I can't repent. Even who was a tremendous rasha, was chotu yomach even he was able to repent. But that's, al-yimna'atzam and arachim, a person should never give up hope. In any situation in life, you should always recognize that the Rebona Shalom is here to receive you back. And that is the lesson that we learn from Menashe, who lived his life as a Russia, but who in the last minute came back and repented, and so to speak, had that sword on his neck, and came back, and the Rebona Shalom accepted him.